All right, so I'm looking at this right now. It looks like Fan Bowl is February 4th, uh, and they're going to be at Revolver Brewing at Texas Live. So that's going to be going on February 4th. A couple of days later, Mike, we were gonna, we will be heading out to Radio Row for the Super Bowl this year. It's been quite a minute since uh, since I've been there. I think Kevin and I, the only one we've been to so far, has been Houston. I'm thinking, as I was looking around here, Broadus hasn't been to one as a host. Chiafalo and Woolchuck haven't been to one as a host. Um, Kevin and I have only been to one total. And so Mike is a Mike's our veteran here. Him and Dawson are going to be the veterans that are going to be showing us around. And then the morning show, obviously, I think has Bobby. I don't think Bobby's been there. Maybe he's been there with Jane as our producer. But other than that, it's just uh, you and Sean and RJ and and Dawson. They're going to show us the ropes here. Larry Fitzgerald was my roommate. Uh, in Phoenix for that Super Bowl. It was awesome. Uh, this is some breaking news on 105.3 oh. The Fan, presented by BetQL, Smarter Bets. Start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Sorry, Mike, to interrupt right. you on this. Right, go ahead. Kellen Moore will not be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, as Joey has just informed me that Frank Reich has been hired as the Carolina Panthers head coach. So, that is one spot where if you were like, we got to get rid of Kellen Moore, that job is now taken. And that was a job, Mike, where he was he spent some extra time there kind of checking things out. So this is interesting that Frank Reich is now taken on. So that's his second head coaching job, just Indy and now here? Yeah, he was with uh, he was with the, the Eagles for sure as their offensive coach. coordinator. Was yeah. he offensive coordinator? Or uh, I think it was maybe quarterback's coach. I'll go look. Just, yeah, I will yeah. I'll go look here in the C block as we're checking this out. All right. so um, over what's that? So, no, I had Jesse Hawley was my roommate in Phoenix. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Multiple times, people thought he was Larry Fitzgerald that were visiting oh, Arizona because yeah, totally he that. had the dreads and it was just like. He's a tall man. So a couple times, he's like, yeah, I am Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> here, let me, let, me sign, let me sign your yeah. autograph for you. Uh, yeah, uh, Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. He was the offensive coordinator for the Chargers, and he was also once the quarterbacks coach for the Chargers as well in 2013. Maybe that's a little bit of a connection there with with uh, uh, right. with Rivers, and that kind of leads you there. Where, I get it. So now all quarterbacks who are washed up and have no chance of being a good quarterback again are going, there's a job available, <laughs> Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I'm Carson Wentz. I know I'm not in order here. Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan. I mean, Frank Wright deserved to get fired from Indy. I don't know why Carolina is going down that route. I, I don't know either. It was it was kind of fascinating watching him collect quarterbacks that he'd worked with before. Uh, and it is very interesting. Like, Sam Darnold did come on stronger, I guess, late in the season. I still think he's a bad quarterback. Uh, I don't know how they feel about their, their rookie the option there. And I don't know exactly what they're going to do. Is it Pickett or is no? That, that's Pickett's uh, uh, Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. Um, Why am I drawing a blank on that that draft? I thought it was such a bad quarterback draft. I, Matt Corral. Yeah, thank you. I barely paid attention to where the quarterbacks went, and now we have Brock Purdy. But this, I think, and this just makes three o'clock even that much more interesting now when G Bag hops on and Mike McCarthy gets up to the podium, because will it continue to be the Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott show, and what more can they do from there? Uh, especially now that that job has uh, been been taken, more questions, you know, being brought up about where Dan Quinn's going to go. Is he going to take the Cardinals' job? There are some suggestions that that's the one that he's going to go take. So, 
we're going to keep our eyes and ears out as things go along, but I think that's very significant that that is no longer an option for Kellen Moore and how the Cowboys will approach that. And I also want to know, too, from from Mike, from your perspective on that. Yeah. When, if it, may, we've heard that the Cowboys want you more when they know somebody else wants you. And I wonder, this is, you know, last year, Dan Quinn, it was Jerry Jones came on our show and basically said, yeah, I I made sure that Dan Quinn didn't leave. And yeah. I wonder if the, if, the, if the reason that Kellen Moore or that Frank Reich is the head coach now at Carolina is because the Cowboys said, Kellen, you're not going anywhere. Well, here's the deal. I think that Kellen Moore is a pretty good offensive coordinator, and I think I'm in the minority here that say that. But I want to see how limited Dak Prescott is. I think Kellen Moore is working with a limited quarterback, a good quarterback. Dak is a good quarterback. I don't want anybody to get that wrong, but he's a limited quarterback. He is not what you'd consider a premium quarterback in this league. He cannot, you are, I'll say it's like Doug Peterson. He isn't limited in Jacksonville. He hasn't, I know it sounds like Russell Wilson. He's an unlimited quarterback. Herbert's unlimited in what he can do. There are limitations on Dak Prescott's arm and his ability to read defenses and stuff like that. So I wanted to see in this upcoming season, is it Kellen Moore? Which I think a lot of Cowboy fans think it's Kellen Moore holding us back. Or do you get a new somewhat offense and we find out it's not the offensive coordinator. Dak is only the 8th or 10th or 12th best quarterback in the NFL and you can't win with that guy. And when I say you can't win, you can't win the Super Bowl with that guy unless you say we're trading all our first-round picks. Yeah. We're, we, are, we are going to overload the cap for three years, and that means we are going to take 50 to $100 million dead cap hits coming up where we know we're going to be really bad at football. We're going to do the New Orleans Saints thing with Drew Brees. We are going to do the L.A. Rams thing with uh, Matthew Stafford. But we're going to take that risk because we know that Dak Prescott is not good enough to carry a team that worries about the cap. Man, all significant points uh, that I think that bring in that conversation of but we get whether it's the, the quarterback thing. or whether it's the offensive coordinator. And yeah, that's Mike, that's the only reason I'm like, I don't think that he's a poor offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I think that there is still stuff for him to learn and maybe another voice can help him learn those things. And that's that's on, that's on Dak and Kellen. I think both of them have more to learn, and I don't know that they can learn it all together. And I'd like to say this. I know when I don't know, for the most part. I do not know offensive coordinating, okay? I don't know if most people listening know offensive coordinating. We all have opinions on it. I have an opinion on it. You have an opinion yep. on it. We can all have opinions on it. But my opinion on this one, and it's not fair, but if Dak just reads the defense right and Dak throws the touchdown to T.Y. Hilton instead of throws an incomplete pass to CeeDee Lamb, is that a good play or is that a bad play? Yeah. Is that like, I don't know, like in, in that situation, and I can understand because you are smarter, I think, than I am in certain offensive situations where you're like, no, Kellen Moore watching the All-22 yeah. ran an offensive play that had very little success of happening. Yes. And so that's on Kellen Moore. But then when Kellen Moore runs a successful play and Dak Prescott reads the defense wrong, Kellen Moore doesn't get credit for a good offensive play because Dak Prescott screwed it up so bad that now that good offensive play goes off the board because it was a 
negative or non-play. It wasn't a positive sure. play for the Cowboys because Dak isn't good enough to take advantage of the play that Kellen Moore I called. Think, I think a lot of those things is when Dak has to scramble and make a play with his feet and then does make it, you can definitely credit those to Dak. And there are other situations where if you got the perfect call, there are a lot of nuances that that I want to know uh, uh, whether or not Kellen understands certain things. That's just kind of where I am with that waiting on on seeing what the Cowboys move is going to be. And again, at three o'clock, uh, it's interesting. Dan Quinn's going to take over McCarthy's job at three. You heard it here first from Big Low, Big Lou, the Tolo. I I love all those like things because it's fun. It's wild. You, you you let it go just a little bit and see where it goes. I did see somebody earlier say, hey, look, let's give Dak a break here. This dude has a plate in his thumb uh, and all these things. And I was like, man, you can't say, look at all the great offensive things he's doing while healed. And then say, give him a break in the playoff game just because of the plate in his thumb because he did some really good things. You can't have that both ways. He Either he suffered this season because of the thumb or or he was you know amazing despite of it. So there are those two things happening there. Plus, Jerry told us he was going to be good in two weeks. So everything should have been fine the whole time, right? By the way, I don't know who that person is. By the that, way, that guy's trolling. By the way, Frank there's, Reich. There's no way. If you don't know, if you don't know sports, I guess great take, brother. Uh, it was a woman, I think. Um, great take, woman. Frank Reich, sister, threw his first touchdown pass in team history for the Carolina Panthers in 1995. So I didn't even know that he was the quarterback for them when no. they opened that. So I know, I know, Kerry Collins was the next year. Yeah. He so beat us. now he's going back home, obviously, where he will be. Eric Bjornsson was our tight end, effing everything up when you go rewatch that game. Where you want to watch? You think Michael Gallup was bad at his job? Go watch Eric Bjornsson play tight end in 1996. I did Yuck. before we uh, before we move on. I wanted to ask the question about Demarcus Lawrence and how much more you think you can squeeze out of his career. What's left in his career? This is a guy who is now what? He's uh, 30. 30 years old yeah. at defensive end, and he. You can say he's had an even better career than you ever suspected he would. When I was watching film on him early uh, out of uh, out of college, I remember texting Broadus and kind of, hey, what are you thinking about this guy? Because I like a lot of these qualities about him. And he's done all those things that I kind of expected him to do. Injuries have like been part of his career. That's been something that you've just kind of been plagued with a little bit. But he got his big contract, and he hasn't hit the 10-sack marker since. I think I've been very uh, a part of the small minority of people who are arguing he does all these other things very well, though. And there are, there's there's this other massive group that's like, that's not enough, though. That's not what he's being paid for. And I'm like, I get it. But here you are at the, at the later part of his career, and I just don't know how much more we can squeeze out of him and get what was t- this year, I thought, a very quiet, good, successful season for Demarcus Lawrence. I think the reason that we're seeing a better Demarcus Lawrence, in my opinion, is because they drafted a guy named Micah Parsons yep. two years ago. And it took pressure off of him because somebody else became the focal point of the defense. He's not good enough to be a focal point of a defense and then also be really successful. It didn't mean he was a failure for a couple of years. It just meant he was very limited because the offensive line and quarterback concentrated on number 90. Yep. And so he was very limited because he's not Nick Bosa. He's not Micah Parsons. He's not Joey Bosa. He's not TJ Watt. He does not he's not in that category. Those guys are borderline future Hall of Famers with a lot more to prove, but 
they're kind of guys that you say, hey, I think they might become Hall of Famers if they stay healthy throughout their career. DeMarcus Lawrence won't even be considered uh, for a Hall of Fame career. He's, Probably not. He's, not, he's never going to make like the top 15 list ever, not even be considered for it. But it doesn't mean he's a bad player. He's a good player. He just needs to be your second best defensive lineman. Yeah. And when he's that, he's very successful. He's got these, I mean, the team loves him. The players love him. He's smart, too. He's a smart player. Yeah. You go back and listen um, to all those, uh, the sounds from the sidelines. Every week, you'll hear him walk up to one of the players on defense and say, hey, this is about to happen. Here's how we're going to make this play happen. And then they show the play of it actually happening. And that's because he knows how to play this game very well. I 1,000% agree with you. And I know I can't go 1,000%, but I'll just say 100 then. Is that good enough? Yeah. I 100% agree with what you're saying in that whenever he didn't, whenever it was just his show, he didn't have J. Ron Kirsch behind him. He didn't have late. Look how much they needed Leighton Vander Esch this year to be a good defense because defense is a really a team part of everything there for sure. He didn't have those cornerbacks that were really good. He had him and some guys. And now, like you said, you have Micah Parsons, who is a generational talent, and that allows Demarcus Lawrence to excel at what he's good at. Again, I think I don't think he's going to go underappreciated because people are always going to hold the number as the yeah. well he was never he never lived up to this but i think a lot of people are going to go man i i secretly th- say he's my favorite player because he is one of those guys that you're like, man he just did it again he makes those plays that you didn't know were necessary for wins and the only way that i think that he's going to get very similar to dak the only way he's going to get the credit that he deserves for what he did is for the cowboys to win a championship that's the only way that any of these guys will get that credit that they actually that all these people that are fighting hey look they're still good at this they got to win a championship to kind of put their stamp on everything otherwise they don't have it coming up next here on the knc masterpiece we'll keep our eyes on what's going on with the cowboys and all this coaching carousel who's getting what awards for the postseason next in the fan Back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. The finalists have been announced for MVP in the NFL and some other awards. And I wanted to kind of throw some of those out at you, Mike, because there are some uh, some in the CBS Sports released their, their picks for that. And I wanted to see if we agree on some of these as well. But before we get to, to that, we get to crosstalk with the G-Bag Nation coming up here in just a few moments. I uh, want to remind everybody about what's going on tonight here at the station. The uh, We're going to be hosting the Rangers Hot Stove Show 7 to 8 p.m. in our performance showroom. That's uh, 4131 North Central Expressway, first floor. Walk in. If TJ's there, say hi to TJ. Super nice guy. He's great. He will talk with you. He loves talking with people that walk in. He wants to know what's going on. He's our security guard. And then they'll show you into the showroom. Guess what? Jared Sandler and the Get Right are going to be down there. And then on top of that, Taylor Hearn's going to be there with Brock Burt. So have some fun with that tonight, too. Mike, I, somebody asked and texted in, because you can get your picture. This is free, by the way. Right. This is a free Everything's thing. free. Free parking, free entrance, free pictures, free and autograph. If they want to give it, it's up to the players. But Somebody did ask if, mm. if it's okay to ask for autographs, and I said, I believe so. Do you think that's an okay thing? Yes. Okay. All right, so like this I is... I don't know Brock Burke well at all. I do know Taylor Hearn. Taylor Hearn will sign whatever you bring. I should say, not whatever, <laughs> yeah. but baseball, baseball card, you know, reason... Yes, Taylor Hearn is a great guy. Brock Burke is probably a great guy, too. I just don't know Brock Burke. And Jared Sandler will sign things if you want him to sign things. <laughs> you really think so? Yeah, I think Jared so. Jared will. Yeah. 
Wow. I get mad if you don't get back on defense. <laughs> is that something right, that – Yeah. I, I, I've worked with Jared now, what is it, about eight years? Uh, and it's been – it's been he's a really fun person to work with. I'm excited for, like, what his future holds later on down the road because that dude has been working his butt off to make sure that he's doing the right things to be whatever he wants to do in the baseball world, man. He could definitely do it. So come check it out tonight. Uh, right here at our building and enjoy. And we will talk with G-Bag about what's going on with the Cowboys coaching. Uh, as we did get the email earlier today, they let go of a number of coaches. And now one of the jobs Kellen Moore was vying for is taken over by Frank Reich. So what's going to be going on there? We'll talk with the G-Bag Nation. Broadus might have some insight there as well. Mike, the NFL honors finalist lists. MVP, we'll get to in a moment because I think we all kind of have an idea there. Tom Brady. What do you mean, Tom Brady? Oh. What did Tom? You he, love- he took this team from nowhere and got him to the playoffs. That's the way I'd pitch that. I would totally be like, dude, did you see the trash that he was surrounded by the whole time? Uh, that's Luca. <laughs> Luca. <laughs> Luca and Tom Brady, same person. Assistant coach of the year. Oh my gosh. I know. This is wild. Uh, I, I got three options for you. Who do you pick? Eagles offensive coordinator, Shane Oh, crap. That's, right. That's a good one. 49ers defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, yeah. who was, I was always a fan of. Like or, as a player? Yeah. Okay. He could, dude, that dude was fun No, I know, watch. but I didn't know like when you were like, always a fan of him as a coordinator. No, I don't even. I found out he was the coordinator this year, <laughs> actually. I was like, oh, crap. He's doing really good. Um, good looking guy, too. Man, my wife said the same thing. She, she was like, wow, who's that? And I was like, every time she says, who's that? I'm like, what are you really asking right now? Do I walk in while you're watching Milf Manor and go, oh, who's that mom? No, I never do that. But she'll immediately be like, who's that? Oh, it's Matt LaFleur. Of course, yeah. he's a good looking I don't know what to man. say to that. When I'm doing Peloton yoga, because I'm stretching pretty much every day. I've uh-huh. missed three days so far in the month of uh, January where I didn't stretch. But sometimes I'll be doing yoga. And guess what? The yoga instructors on the Peloton app are all good looking women. And she's like, oh, she's good looking. What do you think? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm doing yoga. I'm, I'm like, really working I here. I, I have an answer to that. I don't want to answer that question. I, that's why I felt very uncomfortable watching Milf Manor on the, at the gym on the treadmill. I was like, what What if somebody walks up and was like, what is happening oh, man, here? You like plastic faces with plastic boobs? The last one, Mike, is Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't. He got stripped of the Olympic gold in 88. No, that's a, that's, no. But I guess he's bounced back from that. Who are you talking about there? Ben Johnson from Canada. Oh, okay. Versus Carl Lewis in the 88 Olympics. I did not remember that. Yeah, he won gold. It was like a a major upset. And his eyes were all yellowed out and everything. And he beat him. like, oh, my God, Carl Lewis isn't the fastest man in the world anymore. And the United States losing Canada as the fastest man. And then the next day, they're like, yep, and he is high on steroids. I don't know if you're high on Different Ben Johnson. This is a very different person. Uh, he was, and he took what was believed to be, you know, the 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 bottom of the barrel when it comes to the NFL. They turned out to be a pretty good offense this season. I hope G Bag isn't listening right now, and I want to ask. Uh, doesn't look like they're listening. Zach gave me a no. We're not listening. Well, then that would mean they know. Chiafalo just stuck his tongue out. Oh, they're listening at us. So I wonder when they come in during crosstalk if we say Ben Johnson if they. If just like you, you're like, I don't know who Ben Johnson was. Ben Johnson was 
that was a huge story. Okay. And I'm wondering if if I say Ben Johnson, Olympic sprinter, if they're like, oh, I have no clue who you're talking about. Um, you know who Carl Lewis was? I do is? remember Carl Lewis. Okay. Yes. I remember watching him in all sorts of different things. I just, for some reason, that story, 88, I was seven years old. Okay. So I was kind of invested, but I maybe didn't know enough at the time. All right. Uh, who do you think is going to win assistant coach of the year out of those options? Eagles offensive coordinator or D'Amico Ryans or Ben Johnson? I will lean towards Eagles offensive coordinator because I don't think anybody expected Jalen Hurts to be this good for Philadelphia's offense to be this good. Now, they did get a major upgrade in A.J. Brown, but he had to work with a quarterback that looked very limited to start the year and figured out how to pass the ball this year really consistently for the first yeah. time in his career. Yeah, the uh, They chose D'Amico Ryans, uh, and they had lots of options for why he should get it. Uh, coach of the year. Here are your options. Sean McDermott, who had a really good season with the Bills. It's Nick Sirianni, who nobody likes except for Chaffee. Uh Kyle Shanahan, Brian Dable, otherwise known as Dabes around here, or Doug Peterson, Mike's head coach. As much as I want it to be Peterson, I would vote for Kyle Shanahan because he dealt with three quarterbacks. The number three overall quarterback that he wanted to be the guy got hurt immediately. Then he went back to Jimmy Garoppolo and was able to be somewhat successful with him, but not super successful. And then he went to the last pick in the draft and hasn't lost since. So I know you can't count playoffs in these voting, but still... To finish with the second best record in the NFC with your third string quarterback, to me that wins. Yeah, I I know I, that Doug Peterson did take the worst team and made the playoffs. And Dave's like he took a team that everybody expected to be a four, six win team, and they had a better year than that. Sirianni's interesting because I think that he's just so hateable. Like everybody I think everybody kind of feels the same way about this guy. But he's telling his team the right things. What was the the note that he told his team? I want you guys to to act like they're in your way going this weekend Sirianni. against San Francisco. They're gum on your shoe yeah. is kind of the mindset. that, And that's the right thing Here's to tell your thing. team. He is like, Jalen, keep fighting through it. I fought through jaundice my whole life. Yes, I don't know that he has jaundice. He just, he has his skin has a yellow tint to it. Did you, Hold on. Have you asked Sue? Have you said, hey, look at this guy. She's never watched a Philadelphia Eagles football game. In Take a life. look at this guy real quick and tell me if he has jaundice or not. I want to know from Sue. I'll trust her. Right, and she, he looks sleep deprived. That's true. Sleep deprivation and jaundice. And look, he's almost coach of the year with all of those things. How can you not ask your players to give a little bit more? Well, and also like if all those things are true that Mike just said, do you think you've done enough today out there? I know uh, jaundice. You have to give the child more sunlight. sunlight. You have to put them, you know, either in the, in the sun or yeah, or you know, shine lights on them. But I don't know what jaundice does to your body. Like, what's the deficiencies of jaundice? I know it has to do something with blood. I is it think. your liver, white blo- liver, white blood cells, red blood cells. Skin, but does it make you memory. feel? I don't know. In babies, they're babies. Belly rubin, high level of belly rubin, uh, yellow orange bile pigment. But what does it make you feel as an adult? Bile like, is fluid secreted by the liver. Uh, belly rubin is formed from the breakdown of blood cells. I don't know. I don't even know if you feel bad. Okay. I'm looking. I'm just wondering what Sirianni feels like every day. Liver disease. There could be a sign of liver disease. So th- your whole oh, body so probably. Our, our Tuolos are saying that uh, Sirianni might be an alcoholic. 
Oh, that could be a possibility. Because of the liver situation and all I'm that. not gonna I'm not gonna go out there and say that, Mike. I will let the Twolos say that. Yeah, that's what they said. I don't know. I'm just saying he has jaundice looking skin. And so he would be diagnosed with jaundice off of my television. <laughs> Maybe you okay. All right. Comeback player of the year. I still believe that Brian Robinson deserves it from Washington. The man was shot, Mike, but they will not allow it because it was his Hilton. rookie season. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, not on Came this back. list. He did come back this year. Tyler, or Tyler, Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith did come back this year, not on the list. Do you want me to give you some give options me, here? Give me Saquon Barkley. Good, good candidate. Christian McCaffrey. Solid candidate. Or Geno Smith. I will go with Geno Smith. He deserves something this year. For well, he's gonna get a contract, isn't he? Like for being, you think they'll tag him, or do you think no, that they'll like long term that sucker? God. They do have a high pick, um, because they have Denver's pick. Yeah, they do. Um, I think they might franchise tag him. You kind of have to do that before the draft, and then let's just say they take Will Levis of Kentucky. I don't know what they think of him. We'll find out as we get closer to April. But if you gave him a one year deal. And you know he's his starting quarterback next year, and then you kind of had Levis just waiting there for a year to kind of learn more of what it would be to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. That would make more sense than I think if you lock up Geno Smith for three or four years, you're never going anywhere more than hoping to make the playoffs. And I just I can't do that. If I'm a general manager, I can't do that. I cannot go, well. Best case scenario, if Geno Smith plays great, what happens? We make the playoffs and lose in the first or second round. That's my best case scenario, signing this guy. I can't sign him. Mike, I'm still confused about this. I don't know that Geno Smith had an injury last year. I think he just didn't play. Yeah. And that that's why they're giving him this opportunity. I think, like, even Travis Etienne has more He came more back of a- from a – his career looked over. I think you're coming <laughs> back from a career looked completely and totally over, and he came back from – Oh, I thought you were done. Travis Etienne, by the way, was one of the snubs on the list. Dude, uh, totaled more than 1,400 yards this season as in both receiving and rushing. So okay. McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley come back from real injuries. Geno Smith comes back from nobody believing in him. So we'll we'll put it at that. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Aiden Hutchinson, Sauce Gardner, easy. or Tariq Woodland. What's yeah, that? Gardner. You're going to say Gardner as he was well? all pro. Wasn't he first team all yeah, pro? He was really good yeah. this year, too. And and he had the swag. Everybody knew it. I think Bobby Belt was like, if you if you have the chance, you draft this guy. Uh, yeah, like it Originally, very early who's on. Who's Artolo that texted in all the time that the Cowboys will win because of their swag? Uh, I don't know his name. I just know that he texts in. So he, he needs to put his name yeah. on it for me next time. Yeah, he's. we ran out of swag. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Garrett Wilson from the uh, the Jets wide receiver. Yeah, he's good. Kenneth Walker, the running back from the Seahawks, or Brock Purdy, the quarterback oh, wow. and still undefeated I thought you were going to say Chris Olave at some point. Uh, I think that he would be kind of considered in that snub conversation. Him, uh, him, uh, him. I think there's Christian Watson also uh, with uh, with. Can the, you give a Packers. guy who only played six regular season games? Mm, I I don't think I can. One. I understand. I think that it's going to be Garrett Wilson. I think okay. that he would he would probably get it out of all those guys. Defensive player of the year. Chris yes. Jones, Nick no. Bosa, yes. or Micah Parsons. I want it to be Micah, but I think in the end they're going to give it to Bosa. But 
as long as Micah Parsons keeps staying healthy, he's going to rack up two or three of these. Yeah, he's going to get his time, especially if the Cowboys can continue to keep a defense together like this and keep good defensive coaching around him. But as Micah says, if you keep Dak, you're in trouble. They have Jalen Hurts as the offense. He never said that, Mike. He didn't say that. He just kind of almost hinted at it. All right? I just want to point that out. Uh, Offensive player of the year, I think I'm going to give it to Hurts, even though I think Jefferson deserves it. And then for MVP, it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes, number two. Even though I, we will see when it comes to Offensive Player of the Year if, if Hertz gets it over Jefferson. Listen, but I think that Hertz would have been second in MVP. To start this voting. playoffs off, I bought an $850 Patrick Mahomes rookie card. I really would like for him to not only win this MVP, but win on Sunday. Well, you know what? Let's ask G-Bag if they think that will happen next on the fan. Back here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. It is time for our DNM Leasing Crosstalk, brought to you by D- DNM Leasing, actually. Yeah. So we got G Bag Nation joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, how is you? Terrific. Majors, right. you? I want to start off this crosstalk, which I Mike found. Mike Bassick's crosstalk, ladies and gentlemen. Very interesting. I just want to start this off. Our last segment. Corey mentioned a coach named Ben Johnson. He's the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. And so I said, well, that's a great comeback from 88 Soul, where he won the gold medal, but it was stripped of him. And Corey looked at me and goes, who are you talking about? And I thought, everybody knows who Ben Johnson is. That was the story of 1988. There was no bigger sports story of 1988 than Ben Johnson. So I wanted to know from our younger uh broadcasters here eric and zach i want to know do you have any clue who ben johnson of 1988 was wasn't born no idea yeah uh, i wasn't either so So right now but you still ben johnson no like when if you say the word ben i think of immediately franklin that's the first word that comes to mind like that's synonymous for me getting to johnson would take a long time i will let broadus and gavin dawson take over the Ben Johnson story of 1988. Well, uh, you know, in 1988, what you guys should know is uh, Carl Lewis had a, a tremendous sports celebrity established. I know who Carl you know, Lewis is. It's 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 like it's right up there with Bo Jackson. It's right up there with freaking Mike Tyson. Carl Lewis is an icon, right? Uh, and and he'd never lost, you know, one of these uh, sprinting deals. And, of course, we're coming off the 84 Olympics. We're going into 88. This was just like a tour de force of Carl Lewis, the greatest sprinter in the world. Well, Ben Johnson beats him. And the world is stunned, right? And this Sports Illustrated picture is out where he's in his tank top and this gold chain. And he's just like, he's diesel sprinter. We're like, well, dang, the American just got dusted. Boy, you know, this, this is the real deal right there. And he's from just up north, Ben Johnson. Well, before too long, word comes out. That uh, that he was his urine was dirty. Oh, he was doping, and and, and he beat that uh, he beat Carl Lewis uh, due to performance enhancing drugs. Further contributing to the legend is all these pictures of him with yellow eyes, which apparently happens if you do roids too much. It'll yeah. like turn the whites of your eyes yellow. So he's all roided up, uh, beats Carl Lewis, but it's so memorable because the shock and the trauma of watching Carl Lewis left this indelible mark. So I, he's he's a freaking legend, you know, in sports history as a result. Wow. Okay. It would, right be, like, it would be like Bolt losing in his prime. You'd be like, there's no way anybody's going to beat yeah, Bolt or, in his prime. Or Phelps and, and swimming or Somebody something. did. Yeah. 
And you're just like. So how, how many years later? Like how long did it take for them to find? Or is it like, is it months? Yeah, oh, oh, oh. Was, so it was, yeah, it was pretty quick. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Very that good. That guy. Very good. So right they there. immediately wow. just give it back no to Carl Lewis. No way that dude was juicing. Look at his body. <laughs> he, was, he was number one. Oh. Okay. No way. Dude, are you seeing this guy right now, Walter? Yeah, he's yoked did you, up like Did Rambo. you Google shirtless Ben Johnson? Yeah, I did. Because Corey did. And my gosh, the back on that guy. I didn't he has thighs for arms. He's insane. I didn't think the Canadians had it in him. Holy smokes, dude. Look at that They all did. That that's Heat. their whole team. It was a walking advertisement yeah. for uh, for steroids. We had their uh, we had their coach from Canada come down to LSU. Was our women's coach, and they were three time national champs with their women's coach. The from women's Canada. swim team. No, oh, yeah. track. Look at all these track. disqualifications, yeah. disqualified. Yeah. disqualified, even despite disqualified. the fact that this dude was juicing, they were like, "Let's bring the let's bring that coach." We were all here. about winning then. Okay, we <laughs> were all about winning then. He did a great job of Lawrence Seagrave was his name by and, any means necessary. And then he, he, he <laughs> later, still the same way. He later got uh, he later got uh, like ousted for the Canadian. Matter of fact, we had a uh, we had a, a floor hockey team at uh, in, there in Baton Rouge. We were the Labatt's Oilers. One of our guys got a sponsorship from Labatt's Beer, so cool. we were one of the few like rec teams. Like we were, it was our athletic dorm. So we had Lawrence Seagrave, who was the coach I'm talking about. He was our goalie. He was from Canada. So we huh. had like a legitimate goalie. We had Labatt's Beer Company from Canada was our sponsor. They sent us jerseys and everything. We're playing against other fraternities and stuff like that in the floor hockey. Like intramural oh, floor hockey. Okay. Intramural floor. So we, oh, hell yeah. We all had real sticks. Like nice. everybody else played with plastic ones. We went and got real sticks. We had a tennis player that was from Canada. He was our center. He was your ringer. So we we were building we were building a dynasty. You, oh, were, a scout, you were a scout from the gym, hockey. Bro. The Labatt's Oilers were like we were named after the Edmonton Oilers at the time because of Wayne Gretzky and Yari Curry and those guys. So yeah, we had we had legit. But yeah, we this this coach who got popped for steroids was working with Ben Johnson and all those guys. He was uh, he was down there with us in Baton Rouge. It's a shame you guys could not have experienced the Olympic mania of the '80s because the Miracle on Ice, the Mary Lou Retton Perfect Ten, and there wasn't ESPN and sports TV. So when the when the Olympics came around, it was like sports paradise for three or four weeks, and I think it well, ended in like '92. It was such a political thing too because of what you know, like countries were not going to other countries Olympics, sure. like you. In 80, you don't go to, to Russia. 84, you, they don't come to the United States. It was all kinds of like things going on then. And it also kind of had that feeling. I, I know like y'all bring up Ben Johnson. I'm like yeah. trying to re- revisit my mind. I was seven, but there was this feeling. You'll never of forget those biceps. My country versus your country kind of thing. And our country, like we were really good at stuff. But we were kind of oh, oh the Russians were we, the heyday. We're still bit better. damn good we're at stuff. There. Yeah, we, but like it was that was the time where I don't know if we were really that that great before me am i wrong about this before, before I, the you 80s were, were we dominating the olympics in like the, the 70s too oh well there's certain, sp- well, there certain sports that like in like the 72 with mark spitz like swimming yeah there were certain the summer sports we were really really good at the winter ones not so much Had to play it just doesn't up. feel the same though anymore like you talk about carl lewis there's also flojo right around yeah. then yeah. like you're just like there were you, you just Flojo was I, awesome. they were there with Jordan. Like when you said Michael Jordan, same yep. same conversation was okay, Flojo and Carl. You need Carl to explain. Do you know who Flojo is, Eric? She was a she was a sprinter. Okay, Florence okay. Joyner Griffin. Yeah, that's, no. I just want to make sure you were looking. <laughs> Don't at, do too much on. Okay. Yeah, you're looking at Mike. No, no more follow-ups. No, I'm I can see the Flojo. smoke coming out your ears. I just remember there. her Flojo. fingernails. Yeah. Like that's what what stands yeah. out the most to me. She'd have the nails. Yeah, just there was just this. 
I don't know, this aura around Olympics back oh, then yeah. that now it's like, yeah, the Olympics are here and yeah, they're going to run and everything. And I'm like, I don't know, who are the people doing this now? And back then you knew all the Americans. Well, they put them on your cereal box when they won. Yeah. yeah, you go all the way back to like with Bruce Jenner in 76, you know, with the Montreal games and stuff like that. These people, this is, you know, they were they were amateur athletes, but, you know, really they were just famous. These famous great athletes is really what they were. Today's been a very a wild day, and it's all leading up to y'all's show at 3 o'clock when Mike McCarthy steps up to the podium. And we've been trying to read the tea leaves the entire day, trying to figure out what it all means and I guess the Kellen Moore news now changes and shifts a lot of our focus. So what do you think? Like, I guess my question to Mike this morning to start off was who's making these decisions? Is this a Mike McCarthy thing or is this a Stephen, Jerry, that collective? Who do you all think has made these decisions to move on from some of these contract coaches? Kind of feel like, though, that now that the, the Carolina Panthers have hired their coach and Frank Reich, that you're not going to let go of Kellen Moore. You weren't going to let go of Kellen Moore as long as he was interviewing for the job. And now that they've made it a, that Carolina's got their guy, then you're in a situation now that you can move on from Kellen Moore if you want. You don't want to fire a guy while he's interviewing for another job. So let's see if that domino falls. I, I think that there's some things with this staff. I think there's some people on the staff, Rob Davis. I'm just going to give you an example. This, you know, Jerry Jones is like, okay, what does this guy do? Yeah. What does that guy do? What is, you know, Jerry's always talking about the size of the staff mm. and what do these guys do? I think there's several of these coaches that once these contracts ran out, that Jerry said, no, we're not going to do this anymore. I think that Mike has control of his staff. I'm sure in our show we're going to get into it. I think there's several coaches you need to kind of keep an eye on outside of what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys that might end up being here. This is fascinating, though, Majors, because if if Dan Quinn made the decision to let George Edwards go, then that means he's staying, right? Mm. He's changing his staff. He knows uh, you wouldn't fire somebody on your way out the door. That's a jerk move. If it's Mike McCarthy, then, that, then you, he's not going to take liberties with Dan Quinn's staff, so he would know Dan Quinn's gone. Interesting. So who, whoever ordered George gone... You know, that that is the clear smoking gun on on where this coaching staff is going and if Dan Quinn is, is going to be here or not. The Joe Philbin not retaining him is also fascinating to me because we discussed this. You know, the offensive line coach, oftentimes that's a direct tie into who your offensive coordinator is. Could be, yeah. So if you decide to move on from Kellen Moore, that could be whoever you bring in now will get to decide who their new offensive line coach will be. Otherwise, maybe it's just, hey we've seen enough from Joe Philbin, but I'm surprised they would make that move now and not have done it a year ago. Yeah, because didn't he do a good job? I felt like he did a good job this year. Yeah, there's, yeah. you know, there could be some thoughts there that maybe that him and Kellen Moore did not get along all that well. Mm. Ooh, fist fight in the cafeteria, maybe. That I don't Kellen know. Kellen never fist fight anybody. <laughs> Neither would Joe Philbin. Have <laughs> you seen him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, Mike, maybe sweet, sweet man. just what's happened is they're trying to save some money so they can get the sun coach that Reggie wants that job for maybe so Maybe he didn't prep so he Zeke the to be the center is. well enough on the last play. <laughs> guys got coming up on the show today pure gold is always majors thanks for asking speaking of mike mccarthy that presser is in, is about an hour and, and five minutes away right now nice looking forward to it yeah. uh and we'll be back tomorrow maybe kevin will be here but who knows we'll see you then within the knc masterpiece bye-bye say get well kevin get well kevin